Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. So we're carrying on this series to do with the Lordship of Jesus um, and this idea of his kingdom not being of this world and how that affects our decisions. But before we start, I just want to pray a prayer. So like, all just to close your eyes um, while I run out of the room and then you'll be surprised. Um, just close your eyes and we'll just read Paul's prayer from Ephesians. And it says, it says this, that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened that you may know the hope of his calling that you may know the riches of his glory of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and you may know the incomparably great power that works toward you who believe the same power that he worked in christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the, in heavenly places Far above all principality and power, might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. And he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. So that prayer simply says this in a very simplistic way, that our hearts, our eyes, our understanding would be illuminated, would have the light turned on, that we'd see three things he's talking about there we'd see the first thing is we'd see the riches of his inheritance he's placed on the inside of us that we'd see those things the second thing it says is that we'd see um and know the kind of purpose and the plans the hope of his calling that he's given to us and the third thing is that that, that we know the power that's available to do those things so as we're sitting here this morning and as we're going through this week my prayer for myself for my family for us as a community is that that happens that we would see in a way we've not seen before what he's put on the inside of us what he's called us to do and the power he has given us to do it that's the power it's not like just like a nice AA battery or triple A battery that I have in my back pocket as if by chance okay we're not talking about this kind of power we're talking about the power that raised Jesus from the dead that power that defeated every principality every power everything that was evil and opposed to the kingdom of God that power he's put on the inside of us and that that prayer, Paul's prayer, is that we would see that, and that we'd see what who we are and what He's put on the inside of us, and we see what we're called to do, and then have the realize we've got the power to do those things. So that's my prayer. And as we go to the turns this morning, that that, that we'd realize that. So, I just want you to turn to John eighteen verse twenty-eight. I'm very sorry, Luke. There is no reference to Luke this week. So I know we normally do, but. Um, I know that might affect your commitment into the message this morning, but um, you've got the power to overcome that temptation to leave. So, um, and I've lost where I'm going. John 18, verse 28. Um, I'm going to read it again because it's important. Because it's important not just because it's a point where Jesus is about to be crucified and about to deal with all these principalities and powers, but also because it's important because this is a point in Jesus' life where there is extreme pressure. He's not separate from the human temptations and challenges and things that we feel that in this moment in time there, there is extreme pressure on his life the pre this point talks about him being in the garden and and that kind of that he was resisting the the temptation to go his own way and it talks about him sweating blood the, 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 there is extreme pressure on on his decisions and his choices right now 
Yeah. Um, and that does, it isn't because now there's only one way. There is only one way because he set his mind that way. But there's only pressure when you've got more than one option. And therefore Jesus had pressure because he had pressure to choose not to. But he chose to. And then we pick it up in verse 28 of chapter 18. Then they led Jesus from, um, from Caiaphas to the Prematorium, and it was early morning. But they, they themselves did not go into the Prematorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went to them and said, What accusation is talking to the Jews and the religious leaders? What accusation do you bring against this man? The Anderson said to him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. So not actually saying anything, just saying that's why we brought him up to you. Verse 31. Then Pilate said to them, you, you take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. That, that the saying of Judas might be fulfilled, which he spoke signifying by which death he would die. Then Pilate entered the promontorium again, called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this, or do you, or so, or did others tell you to this, this concerning me? Pilate answered and said, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I would not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. In this moment of pressure, where Jesus has the possibility of being freed, has the possibility of not going through with what he's going to go through with, because he chooses the path of not the path of least resistance, not the easy path, not the successful path, not the one that perhaps he should choose from his disciples' point of view, that they repeatedly said to him, don't do this because we don't want you to die. Don't do this because we want to establish your kingdom here and now. But because Jesus was caught with the realisation that his kingdom was not of that world, it affected his choice and it affected the choice of those who followed him and that worked with him and the same thing is true of us that our kingdom whether we are aware of it or not all the time our kingdom is not of this world we are part of a kingdom it says in colossians that we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love that we are part of a kingdom that's not of this world and therefore my rhetorical question to you again is how much does being part of that kingdom affect our everyday choices how much does it affect what I do when I go home with my children? How much does it affect what I do when I go to work? How much does it affect what I do with my finances? How much does it affect what I do with my time? How much does it affect the, the, the career decisions I make? How much does it affect where I live? How much does it affect what I kind of invest resource into? How much does it affect just the choices of my days and my hours and my weeks and my months and whatever it may be? Now, I'm not saying that to bring any condemnation. I'm not saying that to bring any kind of like sense of, oh my goodness, maybe I should be making different choices. That, that's not what I'm saying, because that's not the point. The point is, the more and more I and we become aware of the fact our kingdom is not of this world, the more that affects the choices we make. And therefore, it's important to reflect on how does it affect my choices? How aware am I that actually so much of what I am invested into potentially is going to pass away? 
not because the world's going to disappear, that's not what I mean, but because actually, what, where's the value in the, in the choices and the decisions I'm making? Am I building myself, as Jesus talked about, slightly out of context here, but am I building myself a kind of foundation made of, of sand that when the storms of life come is going to, going to collapse? Or am I building myself one on a rock that actually stays and is true and, and, and lasts? Am I building myself something? Am I, because it's interesting because we don't like this word, but am I setting up for myself treasures in heaven or am I building up here and now? Are my choices ones that set up for me reward, because that is consistently through the Bible, for in heaven, or am I looking for my reward to be here and now? And whatever that may be. Where, where have, I cap- what have I been captured with? And these are questions, just so you know, I'm not just being mean on a Sunday morning, these are questions I'm constantly asking myself. What choices am I making and why am I making those choices? Jesus made the choice he made because he was like, that's my kingdom. I'm doing this right now because of that. He said, didn't he, that he did it. He, he, he endured the cross because of the joy set before him. And it's interesting to note that he didn't endure the cross because of the obligation he had. Or because the, if he didn't do it, someone would be displeased with him. He endured the cross because of the joy set before him. What's the, the reward set before him? The thing that he wanted most. That's why he endured it. And it's interesting that he's making those choices because his kingdom wasn't of this world. It talks about in 2 Timothy 2, when Paul's talking to Timothy, he said, look, that, that you, you need to endure hardship as a good soldier. And it says, you don't entangle yourself in the affairs of this life that you might please him who enlisted you. That the choices you make, the things that you get involved in, there's going to be tough points, there's going to be difficult points, but actually because you're caught with the one who is not of this world, you'll endure hardship and you won't entangle yourself in stuff in this world. He's not talking about not having things. He's not talking about not having money. He's not talking about not having a house or not having a family or not having anything. We're not talking about being like John the Baptist and living in the dead desert and eating locusts and that kind of stuff. That's not where we're going with this. We're not talking about being some kind of crazy weirdo that stands in the corner of the city centre and just shouts saying, I've given it up all and I'm on about that. I'm on about the fact that our choices are affected by where we believe we're from. And therefore how do they or are they affected by that just go to hebrews 11 i'm gonna be really quick today not just so i can beat sigh okay but i'm gonna be really fast today um because i just want to i want to leave you with a question and sometimes me talking lots you watch me be ages now but sometimes me talking lots will just distract from the question but how much are our decisions how much are our choices affected by the kingdom that we're from that we're citizens of that we're part of Our kingdom is not of this world. Hebrews 11. There's a small possibility we're going to read the whole of Hebrews 11. Potentially. We'll see where we go. But we're going to start with verse 23. Now think about this. Think about what we just talked about. Jesus made choices throughout his whole life. Not just on the cross. As he's going towards the cross. Throughout his whole life. Based on a kingdom that wasn't seen by most people. So even think about the choice that Jesus made when, when Peter rebuked him. And that famous saying of when he said, get behind me, Satan, which the amount of times that gets used in Christian circles are in a completely different context. So someone's nicked your parking space, get behind me, Satan, you've nicked my car park space. That's not what it's to do with. But Jesus, his choices, didn't, at that point in time, didn't make any sense to Peter. Peter was telling him, look, you're not going to go and die at the cross. 
And Peter strongly challenged, so Jesus strongly challenged him, because why? Because the, the thing that Peter was implying was of this realm, what Jesus was doing because he saw something from another place. It didn't make sense to Peter. And Peter was probably even more confused with the strength of the rebuke, especially because he just got it right a minute ago. Yeah. And therefore, he's like, I'm getting it right, I'm on a roll. I'm going to smash, I'm going to stop Jesus from dying. I'm going to do that. But Jesus' decisions and his choices weren't based on this well doesn't mean he wasn't connected to it because he was in massively connected into people's lives but the way he chose to do stuff was different because it's influenced by somewhere else and we see that throughout the whole of the scriptures and my challenge to myself and it really is to myself and to us as a community is why do we make the choices we make what's it influenced by verse 23 of chapter 11 of hebrews by faith so what's that really (laughs) by what he saw not here because faith is about seeing something that's unseen faith is about having a view of stuff that's not necessarily what i can see right around here right now but based on what i see of god throughout time and what i see of stuff that's perhaps isn't always seen and it says this and perhaps moses's experiences kind of articulates it the best it says this by faith moses when he was born was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command notice how their choice is against the king at the time that risks consequence that risks punishment but because they saw something different they risked that yeah. next bit verse 24 by faith moses when he became of age refused to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter what's he doing again he's making a choice that doesn't make any sense naturally but his choice is because he's seen something somewhere else. He's caught a glimpse of a different kingdom, a different way of doing things. And therefore he's making a choice that in, in normal terms makes no sense. Why would you not possibly want to be associated with Pharaoh with his enormous wealth, with his enormous influence? Why not be like the next Joseph where you influence Pharaoh and that kind of stuff? But because of what he saw, he made a choice that was different. And it says this, verse 25, choosing rather, and it gets even stronger, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked, listen to the wording, for he looked to the reward. We have this ridiculous falsely humble idea that we are not going to be rewarded in heaven for choices we make right now we almost think somehow if i don't want a reward that makes me really noble there's reward in earlier in this chapter it says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and it's not just that you'll feel nice and proud and tingles okay there's reward he wants to reward choice that's based on actually not what you see here but what you capture in my kingdom and it says this verse 27 by faith he moses forsook egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who was invisible that he saw something that was invisible he saw a kingdom that's not of this world despite the fact that he was centrally placed to have a positive and it would have been positive influence on a dynasty on earth in egypt with pharaoh he was positively placed and yet because of what he saw his choice was different because he saw him who was invisible it affected the choices he made in the same way that jesus 
had a possibility, let's be honest, let, let, let's not, had the possibility of, of establishing a kingdom on the earth that would have been good and would have been nice and would have been true and would have supported people, would have helped the poor, would, would have empowered those who were disadvantaged, would have done all those kind of things. And yet, because he saw something different, because he saw a kingdom that's not of this world, he said, no, no, the best way, the way, according to that kingdom, according to my father, the way for me to really bring a change, to really bring that kingdom to earth, is for me to die on a cross. And Peter went to him, no, it's not. The best way for you to bring that kingdom to earth is to come and reign and rule as a king on the earth. And again, with, with Moses, surely the best way to stop the, the kind of mistreatment of the Hebrew people, the best way to stop the kind of violation of what Pharaoh's doing, the best way to stop all that kind of stuff is from within. And yet because of what he saw in that situation, it wasn't. The best thing for him to do was to make a choice that looked completely illogical, completely irrational. And actually, if you wanted it, you could have precedence because you could go back to Joseph and you could say, well, Joseph, he came right into that. And God empowered him in that situation. So it's not about just copying. That's not the point of what is happening here. It's about the fact that because he saw him, he was invisible. Because he recognised my kingdom, for no better question, is not of this world. Because he recognised Jesus is my Lord and I make my decisions based on him, not based on what seems to be the best thing. Not based on what would be even advised in some cases. But actually based on that. And my challenge to myself and to us is... Why are we making the choices we're making? Is it because it just makes sense? It's the most sensible thing to do. Or is it because actually something in God... And I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that. I'm not asking you to now go home and go, do I make a cup of tea or do I make a cup of coffee? That's not what I mean, okay? All right? Because um, coffee wins every time. Absolutely, that easy peasy, okay? Um, but what I mean is, and you know really what I mean, when we get to those points that are, Jesus didn't sit down. There's no record of Jesus sitting there and going, right, do I eat that fish or do I eat that vegetarian option? I'm not sure which one to do, okay? All right, that's not what he did. That's not to get any vegetarian in the room, by the way, just before they look at me funny. Um, that wasn't what I was trying to get across there, okay? But um, the point is, okay, it's not necessarily about trivial things. It could be. I'm not saying it can't be. Of course it can be. My, my, my point is, it about, is we know, don't we? We know we get to those points where it's like, God, I really have a sense that... that the, the choice I make right now is a significant one. The, the choice I make right now matters. Um, and sometimes we... Not every choice is created equal. And we, we, we sometimes can overemphasize choices and we get into that kind of where we get analysis, paralysis, because we analyze every choice. Some choices are just choices. Okay? But some choices are so significant, are so opportune, that actually that makes a real difference. In, in terms of Moses, there was choices he made that were, that were hugely significant doesn't talk about necessarily the choices he made before that point. When he lived with Pharaoh, when he lived in, in the palaces, when he, when he experienced all that kind of stuff, there wasn't any reference to him saying, actually, I'm choosing not to eat that today, I'm going to eat this today. It doesn't say that, but there was a point, wasn't there, where it became actually, no, now, the kind of fullness of time, or whatever it may be, that now is the time where I've got to choose. And I'm going to choose based on him who I've seen as invisible, not based on all the affluence and all the kind of wonderfulness of, of Pharaoh and Egypt and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to choose based on that. And it's those kind of moments. And it's in those kind of moments where God's going, what choice are we making? And why are we making that choice? Does he condemn us if we make a, a, a one that's based on this world? Of course he doesn't. This isn't about condemnation. It's not about escaping guilt. It's not about escaping shame. We are free of those things. We have no guilt. We have no shame. We have no condemnation. This is about, like Jesus, do I, can I bring heaven to earth? 
Because if I live based on that kingdom, then I can bring that kingdom into this realm. And that's what Jesus did. And sometimes that, that choice won't make sense. And that's what Moses did. And that, that's what every other person in this Hebrews 11 did. In something of what they chose, they brought heaven to earth. And it might look trivial, it might look huge, it might look less significant than something else, but because of the choices they made, they brought heaven to earth. I'm going to finish with that. If you just want to go to Hebrews 11, so verse 4. And I'm just going to read it to you, like a bedtime story. And I'm going to read it to you, and I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to just see, in every single one of these choices, that this is people, when it says by faith... I know this is not necessarily an exact translation of this, but when it says by faith, I want you just to imagine, like with Moses, that they saw him who was invisible and chose that as opposed to the other thing. Okay? So when it says that by faith they did this, that's really because they've seen something else and that's what they've saw made them choose something different. Okay? Um, so verse 4 says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained uh, witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he he had this testimony that he pleased God. I'm going to jump verse 6 and go to... By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness of which is according to faith. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Listen to that language. By faith, Abraham obeyed, because what he saw, he obeyed. When he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in a land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past her the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars in the multitude, innumerable as Sorry, as numerous as the sand which is by the seashore. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up had offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in the figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. We've read Moses. I'm going to jump ahead. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what, shall, and what more shall we say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth and also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to the flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life. 
Others were tortured, not, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. So that still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned and they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and in caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having put is something better for us they should not be made perfect apart from us verse 1 of chapter 12 therefore therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses i.e. them let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and I think back to what Paul said to Timothy and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That the challenge is there before us. That what choices do we make in running that race? What choices do we make like they did? And I'm not suggesting anyone in this room is going to have the possibility of being sawn into. Maybe you will, who knows. But the point is that because of what these people saw, because they saw Jesus, their choices were different. Yeah. They realised that actually, for one of a better expression, I'm not building for here. I'm building for there. I'm not investing for here. I'm investing for there. I'm not after the reward that's here. I'm after the reward that's there. Because this, in, in so many of the ways that, that we see it, is temporary. That is eternal. And in, from one of a better expression it makes so much more sense to invest into that than into this. But so often we're caught and ensnared, as it said in there, and and trapped and entangled by the things of this realm that stop us from making the choices of that one. And yet, he's challenging us and calling us and challenging me and challenging you to kind of go, okay, what choices are you making? Why are you making those choices? When the point comes, and we all know it, when the point comes... What choice are you deciding to go there? Where are you looking for that to lead you to? So Holy Spirit, I just ask, and when I just finish with a prayer again from Colossians, and I just pray that you would, well not that you would, I know that you will, but that this prayer would just work in our lives, in Jesus' name. That it says this, verse 1, chapter so chapter 1 verse 9 for this reason we also since the day we heard of it do not cease to pray for you and ask that you in this room may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him and bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strength with all might according to the, his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things were created and in he- that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. 
that let us walk worthy of that Jesus let, let us walk worthy of you that in this time now let, let our conduct and our choices reflect heaven and let us make those choices because our kingdom is not of this world in Jesus name Amen Thanks.